0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Pocket Rocket podcast. Episode three of Pandora's Box. I am back with Mads.
1: Hello. Hello. Hello.
0: Hey. So before we get into this, because the last episode was your story, I just want to talk about the fact that we have had an influx of women sending us love and appreciation and, uh, and also sharing their stories with us. And we've just been talking about how like surreal it is
1: massively I don't think I've ever been so popular (laughs) (laughs) my DMs have never been so busy no it's actually been um it's been really eye-opening for me I think I mean from the amount of questions that we've had from people in general it just shows how much people want to know about stuff but then Mm -hmm. once we've put a little bit of information out there how many people then come back to us and different people have come back to us and said oh my god I didn't know that oh my god that's made me think about this Oh my god that's actually quite scary or oh that's relatable and lots and lots of different things and we've got even more questions off the back of it but so many people have listened and shared and pointed other people in the direction and that's the kind of impact we did want to have and not to scare people but just really give people an insight into maybe what they're doing and then a personal experience and it's been yeah really positive really positive
0: yeah i'm um, i don't know about you but i i kind of go for a walk every morning and um, I'll catch up on like my DMs from maybe the night before before training and everything and uh, I'm, I'm struggling to keep up with the amount of voice notes from women going I listened to your podcast and it was so relatable and I felt like you and Mads made it so normal and nothing to be ashamed of and I just wanted to share my story with you and I found myself like in some mornings walking down the street crying because I'm like god I can't believe someone's actually gone through that like some of the wildest stories like like I said to you about PMDD like women with PMDD and and for those of you that don't know PMDD is essentially like a absolutely horrific PMS to the point where you have like suicidal tendencies for like three to five days every month and I can't even begin to understand how those women feel um, and the fact that then maybe they haven't even told anyone about that. And they say to you, oh, you're like the second or third person I've ever told because I've been so embarrassed. And it's like, wow. Yeah.
1: And why, why are people embarrassed? And it's just because it's not something that's really spoken about.
0: Yeah. Not
1: just PMDD in specific, like specifically, but just people's problems with the hormones, how people maybe deal with it or don't deal with it and just mm. just blanket it. I've had quite a few conversations with people who have said, oh, yeah, I went on the pill because my periods were so bad Mm. that I just bled all the time or every 10 days I was having a period. So I took the pill, I was prescribed the pill to control my periods. And I've said, yeah, so that now means that you're not having one anymore. So, of course, they're controlled. Of course, you're not having terrible PMS or terrible symptoms or terrible bleeds because you're not having one all you're doing is masking it. So Mm. what happens in the future when you want kids? If you do want kids, yeah, yeah, I want kids. Okay, so when you do want kids, what are you going to do? You Mm. come off it. The problem is probably still going to be there. So let's maybe tackle the source of the problem and not just cover it up. And a lot of people have come to realize that and having a lot of messages around that saying, do you know what? Actually, this doesn't fix what I'm doing. And actually, it's just a cover up, which is potentially just going to make things worse. It's just kicking the can down the road. And actually, I need to fix it.
0: I think a lot of people didn't realise they were covering it up, though. I think we're led to believe it is a form of treatment as opposed to, I don't know, like stopping it. They just go, okay, well, I'm in pain. The GP said, take this, so I'll take it. Or like my friends or my peers suggested this, so that's what I'll do. And it's not even crossed their mind that that actually might not be the best solution. And I think until now and they go... Oh, actually, now that you've said that out loud, it's probably not great. Yep. So yeah, I just want to say a massive thank you to everyone that has sent us messages, um, and just say like continue to do it. Mads and I have been talking to a lovely lady who specialises in female health, and she is going to be coming on the podcast. So we are going to choose because there's been so many. We're going to choose a few to talk about with her, um, and she's going to of go through it as if they were her you were her clients whoever we're talking about we're not going to give names so if you want to be um if you want something to be featured then drop us a message and we'll kind of show us that
1: yeah please do we've had quite a lot of different messages but topics as as she said um when i spoke to her today that there's a lot of things we could cover here and we could talk for hours and hours about the whole subject so we need to hone in on a couple of things obviously we've only got so much time but we might cover this on two different podcasts so if there is something specifically you want more information on please drop me or Hannah a message and just just ask us and we'll make sure we speak to her about it yeah absolutely but today <laughs> isn't that about me it's about Hannah our little 212
0: <laughs> yeah Ross actually made that joke to me today we we're talking about the calendar for next year and I was like look I'm putting it in your hands and he was like 212 and I went I'm on board Let's do it. Um but yeah, it's a bit of a weird one for me because I'm not normally the person that's talking on this. It's normally me talking to other people and listening to their stories, so I'm a little bit nervous. Um as we have alluded to previously, this isn't something that I've actually spoken about openly. Um I've spoken to a few people in my close circle, but um it's something I've shied away from because it is a little bit upsetting um and probably it's a case of what everyone does like you just brush it under the carpet a little bit and pretend like it's not happening um but I know that I'm not the only one in this situation um so let's talk about it (laughs) yeah and I
1: I think what's important to note here for everyone listening is that As Hannah just said, she's not spoken about this with a lot of people Um, and it, it is quite an upsetting topic. And I think if this does resonate with people as well, like just be in the comfort almost that this isn't just you. Like There's a lot of people out there that deal with this, maybe this scenario or a similar scenario regarding female health and you're not on your own. So do reach out, do speak to us, do speak to your support network and make sure you are looking for support and as always with these podcasts we ask please be kind and be supportive um, everything that people go through and st- stories that are shared obviously very close to people's hearts and can be quite emotional so see Hannah's going to share her story and yeah just listen and hopefully hopefully and unhopefully it resonates with some of you um but yeah just support I think and love is what we're asking for here and and awareness I guess
0: yeah for sure, for sure. Um, and I genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, hope that no one else is in the situation that I'm in. Um, however, if I've learned anything in the last few days, the last couple of weeks, is that more people are in this boat than I ever imagined. So, um, yeah. Yeah, let's get into it. So uh, I will kind of go with the same flow that we had on Mad's episode. Um, and I just kind of start from the beginning. So I started my period when I was 14 um, and I was a little bit of a late bloomer. All of my friends had their period and I was like, where the fuck is mine? (laughs) Um, But yeah, so it came. It was fine, really, um, at the start. And then quite common, I think that it got quite painful. I used to have really, really bad backache. That was the main thing for me. And backache is actually quite like dehabilitating because you're it's like constantly aching um and to the point where mine was quite bad so I actually stayed in bed some days if I didn't have to be in school so it was the weekend I was in bed um so yeah I put up with that for quite a few years and then realized sort of 17 18 I I don't really need to um and I used to get migraines along with the the bad back as well so went to my GP in 2008 and they were like yeah microgynon.
1: <laughs> the magic green pill <laughs> oh we
0: love microgynon.
1: and i, I was think like yeah sweet the the thing that's frustrating about this now i think if i can jump in there is that what's funny is we would go to a gp now and we be like oh i've got these symptoms and this isn't very nice or we would speak to our coach and we're like oh i feel like this and be like yeah that's normal that's what happens when this happens or that's what happens yeah. when this happens if, and you at that time went to your GP and they were like oh god yeah well you know bad backache and migraines you oh, know, yeah well we can just deal with that not like yeah okay well welcome to being a female this is what happens like yeah. just embrace it and take some paracetamol. they're like oh that sounds really uncomfortable let's just give you the pill to get rid of it no 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 it's like saying oh you know when I when I when I was eight and I had growing pains like oh it was really horrible yeah you're growing because you're getting yeah big. like do you know what I mean, like it's the same thing. it's like, oh, when I'm training in the gym, it hurts, yeah, welcome to bodybuilding, like yeah, it welcome to being a female, and instead of saying that's what happens, we have to deal with it. It's like, okay, that sounds really uncomfortable here. let's mask it, crack on, yes.
0: yeah, absolutely, um, that magic pill, everyone was on it, so like you don't really think anything of it, really, um, but yes, so I did that, and like magic my periods were just I mean I had the bleed and that was kind of dumb um I did have a little bit of weight gain but also at the age of 18 it's hard to tell really what it was I was going out drinking a fair bit and I was eating kebabs afterwards um but yeah the the one thing to say I think a lot of people think about weight gain when you go on the the pill or whatever um i was always told again not a specialist or a doctor but i was always told that all it, it didn't make you gain weight but it did make you hungrier so then you just had to control yourself around food i think there was this myth when i was younger that you go on the pill and you automatically just gained weight and now that i'm a bit older and i'm actually thinking this through it's not you're not going to take a pill and just put fat on it doesn't work like no
1: that. no it doesn't contain carbohydrates so. Yeah. <laughs> take this microgan- this tiny thing that weighs yeah. like 0. 0.1 of a gram take that and you'll get fat no no you won't like just don't eat loads of chocolate when you're taking it you'll probably yeah. be
0: fine yeah yeah
1: you're only going to get fat if you consume the calories to do so that's the first well, thing we need to understand no
0: let's just blame the pill <laughs> so yeah that was me for quite a long time uh until march 2020 so we're talking 12 years there. Um, and we went into the lockdown. Uh, now, I had quite literally run out of my last pill. Used to get six months at a time and I'd run out and we were going into the lockdown and it was two sides of me. I couldn't really easily get a prescription because they used to make me do my. Um, what do you call it? Your blood pressure. Your blood pressure. Take your weight, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Used to do that to me every six months. Do your
1: BMI. Do your BMI and tell you that you're overweight or something because you're five foot tall.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So trustworthy (laughs) that BMI. Oh, I'm I'm morbidly obese right now, technically. So (laughs) sorry, we'll take this more seriously. (laughs) Um. Yeah. So I I couldn't get one, and I kind of thought to myself, look, I'm in lockdown. I live alone. Um. I'm not in a relationship. I'm not going to be seeing anyone. And actually, I don't really want to keep putting this pill in my body because I don't really know what it's all about. So I kind of had this epiphany and I was like, I'm going to come off of it. Um. So that was my last period. My last period. My last bleed was in March 2020. April came round and I had a few PMS symptoms, but nothing came. Uh. And then sort of April, May time, I started prep. And no- nothing was happening. At that point, I wasn't getting any ebbs and flows. There was no no bloating, no pain, no nothing. There was nothing that led me to believe that I was having any form of a cycle.
1: No. And were you, I guess, at that point as well, you, you came off the pill, so you were probably kind of sat there waiting and maybe expecting something to happen, right? Like, you mm. didn't really know if you've not had a period in a long time, but you were probably expecting to start bleeding or feel something or not and I know you're going to come on to this next but when that didn't really happen I guess you were a little bit miffed like now what this isn't normal
0: Mm. I I started like going online to try and figure out what was normal and what wasn't um and that's when I realized that it was I wasn't really going to get much. I wasn't going to really understand much about it on my own um, because it said anything from one month to nine or ten months to get your cycle back. And I was thinking, well, it's it's like July now. So it's not come back. That feels like a long time when you've had a consistent period. I mean, I could have told you the day and time that I was going to start my bleed. It was so bang on every month. So when it wasn't coming, I was like, this is weird. Um, yeah. And, and not to have any PMS symptoms as well. I was like, I don't even feel like I'm going to come on my period.
1: Yeah. Mm.
0: So, yeah, I started talking to doctors in July, um, but it was in COVID. So it was all telephone appointments, which is fine. Um, but I was told I needed to wait 10 months. So I was like, it's a long time.
1: Now, this is something that they kind of blanket, isn't it? So from your experience now speaking to doctors, if you do come off your pill and you're expecting something to start happening, if you speak to the doctors, they're not really going to do anything unless you kind of fall out of that 10 month period, because for them, they say that it, it can probably take up to that long for your body yeah. to start re-regulating. So if you are in that position, doctors often aren't going to have a look at you to, and, until it's at that moment in time. But that doesn't mean that it's normal for it to take that long. It just mm. means that the doctors aren't going to particularly look into it of any concern until it's reached that point.
0: But it's it's like a range, isn't it? So unlike the last episode, you and I talked about the natural range for hormones and specifically we talked about testosterone and how you can be right at the bottom of that range and they still go, "Well, you're in range, you're fine. Yes. So it's the same sort of theory here we're talking about. I was still within that 10 month period. So they were like, you're fine it'll come yeah it'll come <laughs> it'll just yeah. yeah like you'll change nothing but everything will change inside of you and you'll be fine um obviously that didn't happen but uh in december so still in 2020 um i was actually advised by one doctor to take one pill packet to and i quote kickstart my cycle Wow. Yeah. Which is an interesting method. It would have been interesting when that
1: conversation happened. And I know we can't go back, but this would be interesting if you could go back and say, thanks, doctor. Tell me why Mm. and how putting those synthetic hormones in my body is going to kickstart my natural productive system to create those.
0: Mm. Please tell me. I think to be honest with you Mads I was so desperate at that point and it kind of comes back to what we were saying before like you just and you shouldn't but I just trusted them
1: of course you do it's the doctor so because they know more than you right so you ring them and they tell you something and you just trust them. It's like you go into a hospital and you get treated in A&E or you go to doctors for something minor. They say, here's your prescription, go and take that, it'll fix you. And you're like, okay, and off you run and take your prescription yep. and it'll fix you, which is exactly what you did, which is exactly what everybody would do. But it would just be interesting to understand the logic there.
0: Oh, no logic.
1: And because now, from what we understand, obviously,
0: that <laughs> that's never going to work. Right? Yeah. But Coming back to the vitamin C, you you're vitamin C deficient. You take vitamin C for one month. You stop taking vitamin C. Guess what? You're deficient again. It doesn't it doesn't just go, Oh, we were we were doing that, let's just carry on. It doesn't work like that. But as expected, um I replaced the estrogen and progesterone synthetically for one month and within a month I had a period, I had a bleed, I should say. And it was horrific. So, February, so that's a, I've had my one bleed. I take the pill out as instructed, and obviously I don't have a bleed again. And when I report that back to the doctor, they, that is a different doctor this time. Well, no, you shouldn't have done that. Why would you do that? Um, now we have to wait another 10 months before we'll start this process with you again.
1: I think what's important there as well to jump in on the information about you having that bleed. You've taken a pill packet, so essentially, and I don't think we've actually spoken about this, although we've touched on it, I don't think we've actually given clarity, when you take a pill packet, that weak bleed that you have in in the gap, if you take the combined pill, it isn't a period, I know we've kind of told people that, but you're not having, like, you haven't released an egg that has then come through, and you're having a bleed from that not, not being, um, not attaching, not not being embedded, so it's different you have a withdrawal bleed so essentially what you've experienced there is not it's not a period but you've finished that pill packet and then you've had a bleed like that's not necessarily a period like you have not released an egg because you've had synthetic hormones so it's not it's not the same thing which I think we have alluded to but I don't know if we've really given that detail like that bleed is not a period
0: yeah yeah I keep probably um just bad habit i keep saying period and and i need to drill it in it's not it's quite literally just and if you speak to doctors they'll say a withdrawal bleed yes and that's what it is um so yeah so that's february 2021 so we're now basically a year off of the pill at this point um and i just pushed for more testing and i had so many blood tests um, during this time because they wanted to see essentially if things were recovering and with every blood test they were still bottomed out nothing was changing Um so and they would add more and more things into my blood test because they were looking for answers and they weren't getting them and then in December 2021 um I had another follow up call after one of my many blood tests with the GP and she just basically said to me, Yeah, so um nothing's changing. Your hormones are in the floor. Um to put it in perspective, I think the, the healthy range for Ostradiol is between like forty and one forty. And mine was 14. one four. Yeah. Um so just nothing was happening for me and kind of similar to what mad said um i figured it out because i knew a little bit about it but also i spoke to the doctor on the phone and i was like so does that mean that i'm in like a menopausal state and she said yeah which at the age of 31 i was a bit like fuck me that's like that's mad um and like, I was literally like, my head was all over the place during this phone call. And I, I kind of just said to her, I was like, okay, so does that mean I can't have children? And her words to me like rings over and over in my head. I remember it like it was yesterday. She said, um, it would be probably impossible for you to have them naturally. You might be able to do it with IVF. and I was like fuck
1: (laughs) and how and how did you I mean I think everyone can probably guess how you felt but how did that make you feel and I guess what was your initial reaction maybe to the doctors as well
0: I think I started crying (laughs)
1: Mm,
0: understandably I was just like the main thing for me And and it's been the overwhelming feeling throughout is like I'm not really a woman, and and I'm not saying that anyone else that's in my boat should feel the same way, but for me, I was just like the most basic thing that women should be able to do is reproduce, and I can't do that. Like I'm literally failing as a woman. I can't I can't even have a bastard period, you know? Like (laughs) I'm like I can't do that, and. I and just, at this
1: time as well, like just for like for you, what kind of situation were you in from a support network as well? Like, were you able to talk about this with anyone? Obviously, you've alluded to the fact you weren't with a partner. So you didn't have that support, friends, family. Did you feel like you could talk about it or did you just feel like you
0: didn't really know where to go? Um. So we were still in lockdown at this point so on top of like (laughs) the feelings of being alone like I was physically alone um and I think one of the hardest things for me was then calling my mum who is quite literally one of my best friends but calling my mum and saying to her I can't give you grandchildren like I'm never going to be able to give you grandchildren and then after that like the shit things that happen someone will say to you like i remember my brother said to me one day he had had a, a kid and uh i was like oh my god like you can do x y and z and he was like no i can't you'll understand when you can have kids one day and i i could i didn't have it in me to say to him i can't i just i just went okay and I stopped the conversation, put the phone down and my mum (laughs) went ballistic at him. She was like, how dare you? But in fairness, like no one knows. And people say it all the time. Like every social event I go to, you get from the family. Well, when are you going to have kids then? Have you met anyone yet? And that's the other thing to add into it. If you're like, I'm 32, fast approaching 33. Christ. um. And like you are say you're dating someone, you're getting to know someone. At my age, men and women are like, so I want kids. And they just say it outright because the clock is ticking. And to have to say to someone, if you want children, this is pointless. Like this conversation is pointless. Yeah. It's shit. Yeah.
1: And I think everyone can probably hear it in your voice but like just watching you speak then it's like it's emotional and I know that this is the first time you've really put it out there and it's hard and I think every time and I can see it in your voice you've spoken about it in your face we've spoken about it so many times but every time you speak about it it's still emotional for you Mm -hmm. every time you say it like you look there like you're a little bit on the verge of, of, of having some tears and you're okay with it now to talk about because you've spoken about it a lot and you've you're you know and you're doing things now to to hopefully fix the issue and we'll come on to that in a little bit of detail shortly but you when you go through this sort of stuff I think that and people listening to this who can relate will understand that it doesn't really get any easier because once you found out that you can't do that or somebody's told you you can't do that and that's like a given they've not said we could do this or we could do that or there's there any room here it's just like well that's the situation for you yeah and that is a really hard thing and it comes down to what we said in the I think the first maybe even my episode like you spend so long trying not to do something that when mm. you then feel like you maybe want to you can't um and that that's pretty rubbish to be honest because it's almost like Invertedly, accidentally, without knowing the facts, you've almost chosen that fate for yourself without yeah. even meaning to, and that is a really hard thing to come about. And that makes you, I imagine, you can tell me all the feelings it's given you, but probably a little bit angry, a little bit frustrated, a little bit like asking questions like, Why did I even need that? Why didn't someone tell me that that could be a side effect? Why did nobody give me the answers when I first went in? And said, Oh, I get headaches, okay, we'll take the pill. Like, Mm. why didn't anybody say you could do that to control your headaches and and back pain? But, you know, the side effects potentially are that your risk of never getting your natural cycle back in 10 years time. Well, maybe one in three people don't or any kind of statistics that tell you this sort of stuff, Mm. because maybe then your choices will be different.
0: Yeah. Oh, 100 percent. And I know that it's easy to say in hindsight what you would or wouldn't have done. And maybe 18 year old Hannah wouldn't have thought about it that way. But I just wish I'd been given the facts. I wish someone had said to me, OK, so by doing this, you're you're essentially making yourself infertile. But what I learned off of the back of that was, and I think this is the thing that people always say, and it, I understand it, but it drives me mad. Oh, but it's all right because I don't want kids right now. OK, but hormones do so much more than allow you to pop a sprogue. They are heart health, brain health. They are bone health, digestive health, all of these things. And and I'll come on to this, but I've learned so much from being in this situation, like at that time, to be also told, OK, but. Yeah, so you're essentially infertile, but on top of that. Because you have no estrogen and progesterone running through your your body and that supports bone health, you are now at risk of osteoporosis. So on top of that, you've got this to complain, you've got this to consider. And then off the back of it, when I started reading more and more about it, I learned things like um, the reason that uh, dementia and ergo Alzheimer's is more prevalent in women is because, When you go into a menopausal state and your hormones, your estrogen and progesterone kind of bottom down, they support brain health and cognitive function and memory. So that's why more women suffer with dementia than men, because HRT and replacement hormones and testosterone, it was demonised in women for years and still now. I mean, I spoke to my mum about it the other week and she was like, they did not want to support it. They did not want me to take it. Yeah. And it's like so much good could be done with it. But they just there's so little education around it. That it just creates so many more problems. it's yeah,
1: crazy. And this is where the bodybuilding world almost in some ways <laughs> because we try and make our bodies do do as much as it possibly can we look at ways we can do that and actually find out almost more helpful day-to-day things than than maybe like a doctor or a gp would know or or, or prescribe because they're not honing in on those specific things for their whole their whole studies and their, their whole job and this is why obviously specialists come around to talk about these things and that's great but it it is a little bit scary around the general education topic around this and one thing that I would say that's a little bit more scary is it's such a big thing that happens when when women are going through their teenage years their adolescence it's not like just a random person presenting something to a GP they need to know a little bit about it's like a massive percentage of the population that go with this so it's almost like more needs to be done, and there needs to be more. It's not just a diagnosis or or or, or a, a cover up or a quick fix. Like this is something people are going to be taking for a long period of time, and it's a big population of people. Mm. Like it's fit it's fifty percent of the population at that age group going through going through that. ice it's, it's
0: huge. Um, and that sweet spot seems to be sixteen. Hundred percent. Yeah, everyone says sixteen. And if and like you referenced on the last podcast, you've just started your period or your cycle or whatever you you've just hit that stage of your life where your body starts to do these things and you shut it down straight away. Yeah, you don't give it any time to settle in. So <laughs> yeah, that's uh, the elephant in the room. <laughs> and then going on from that, when I was on the phone with the um. GP and I said like okay so I went straight into let's solve this mode and I was like what do we do now? And she said, Okay, so we would look at HRT and I was like, Right, okay, HRT, sixty year old woman, let's go. I said, What what actually is that though? She went, Well it's a pill and it's estrogen and progesterone <laughs> And I went, Hang hang on, if I go on this pill, can I get pregnant? She went, No. And I went, so it's a contraceptive pill then? And she was like, yes. And I went, no, no, I have been trying to come up of this since March 2020. And I've now found myself here. I'm not going to start again. And she was like, well, that's your option. And I went, no, it's not. Because what if I needed to get pregnant or if I wanted to get pregnant? She went, but you're not. And I went, I don't care what I said. Now, if I was that person in front of you saying I would like to be pregnant, what would you do? she went i'd refer you to a specialist and i was like right let's go yeah i don't want to take
1: a pill anymore this is what got me here and i think what is really relevant here to discuss is that this hrt that people talk about and it's often associated with like you say menopausal women like Mm. here you're menopausal now so you don't produce your own hormones so we're going to put you on hrt hrt is the pill it's mm. progesterone and estrogen like that's what it is synthetic versions of and that's what it is which is essentially what the pill is what you take when you're 16 it is exactly the same thing and it's funny because when you are menopausal and obviously you're not producing these yourself you give synthetic versions to your body to almost like create that environment so you feel like a woman still because you still have these cycles and you you have the feeling of like bit more normality because you're you're replacing your dead hormones with fake ones like you mm. do on the pill and it's exactly the same thing so how is that going to fix your issue mm. apart from the fact that it's going to make you it's just going to put you back into the pill state where you're like oh well, I have a bleed every month and I feel normal in inverted commas like it's, it's not it's not going to fix the issue
0: yeah no, you're just masking it you're just covering it up we're just going
1: back a year or two years yeah. aren't you back to where you were and like, that's not helpful
0: i just i just was baffled that that was a suggestion to me um but those general practitioners they just go with what they know so that's why i was like right let's get this specialist on the go so we did um his overall kind of focus point was bodybuilding and that is something that women in this sport, if you are a bodybuilder or you are into fitness in any way, when you go to a doctor to have this conversation, they are going to suggest REDS to you. And REDS uh, is an acronym for Relative Energy Deficiency in Sport. And this is where the, the general, the average online coach who doesn't actually know what they're talking about, will say things like, you need to eat more, you need to gain weight, you need to take a deload. That is not going to solve your problem. I am sick to death of hearing coaches coming on social media platforms and going, oh, you need to eat more. It's because you're not eating enough. It's because you're too lean or you're doing too much cardio. That's, that's not the solution. That is the solution if you're at the arse end of a prep yes that's not it's, the for for a woman that's been in this situation for a while banging some more food in her and giving her some more fats is not going to resolve this but it's it's still something that is so
1: misunderstood that coaches still do that in any part of a woman's phase mm. it's, it's so common I see that coaches talk about their females and maybe they've come off the back of a prep and and I heard something the other day that was about oh off the off the back end of prep um you need to get um someone's uh, a female's weight back up to normal sorry whatever normal is really quickly and get food up really high really quickly okay well that's a recipe to get fat really quickly yes. so that's not helpful and being fat quick also doesn't fix any problems and also creates its own and also isn't healthy and you know what that that doesn't create any stability or a stable environment for the individual either so actually that is equally or on the other end of the spectrum just as unhelpful and doesn't solve the problem and yes being healthy in having good micronutrients fats carbohydrates good balance of everything in your diet is going to support the idea that your body will start to regain some normality yes Mm. but if you if you come off the back end of prep and you're a more healthy body fat and you reverse quite well after eight to ten weeks and you maintain that and you continue to continue to improve on that and sort of rebuild food and, and rest well and look after yourself if you continually through through that process and going on forward and not regaining your cycle and nothing's really happening and you're still feeling those feelings you were maybe feeling in prep like you need to understand that, that that isn't normal and if a coach is saying well we need to put more fats in you need to get more body fat you need to be you need to be bigger you need to rest more like genuinely that isn't going to just bring things back like yeah. I've heard of people doing this for like two years and not starting prep again because they're in that position. And the coaches, you know, saying, you know, we just need to continue to get you healthy, like continue to be a bit fat and continue to train on deload approaches and wait for your cycle to come back. Well, maybe maybe there's actually a problem with the hormones there. Yeah. Maybe just being fat isn't going to help. So maybe actually fixing the problem and looking at the hormonal issues is actually going to fix the issue instead of maybe allowing someone to get a bit fat and overweight for 18 months and then being miserable and losing 18 months of their one bodybuilding career if, if they want one and mm-hmm. 18 months of their happiness just waiting for something to happen which reality probably isn't going to so but let's
0: let's break this down right so relative energy deficiency is exactly that it's saying relative to your size and your weight and everything else do you have enough energy, energy being caloric intake? OK, so if you don't, you've got a deficiency. If you if you have enough and you're healthy hormonally, you're fine. But if you are unhealthy hormonally, just putting some more food in does not change your body's ability to regulate its own hormones. They are two very separate things. And, and you see lots of coaches go oh, my client, after six weeks of her post-show period, I've pushed her fats up and I've pushed her food up and now she is got her period back. Okay, so that person lost her period because of relative energy deficiency. But she did not lose her period because her hormones weren't available. So yes. her hormones were there the whole time. That is such an important thing to say because a lot of people go, Oh, but I'm lean and and I'm stage lean, so I've lost my period. Okay, fine. One thing. But actually, now from the last couple of weeks, what I've actually had women saying to me is, I'm stage lean and I've lost my period. But actually, I've been on hormonal contraception for 10 years. So I never actually had a period, did I? No, you didn't. Oh. Okay, so what do I do now? Okay, what? Again, and I've said to everyone, not a doctor, but I would say it's after your post-show period, give yourself some time to get up to a normal body weight. Then do your bloods, whether you get a bleed or not, do your bloods.
1: Because that's where you're
0: going to learn from it. That's where you're going to actually know what's going on. Don't just rely on whether or not you're having a bleed.
1: Yeah. And I think what's interesting is people would say, and we can't give a specific answer to this, it's going to be very different for every individual how long in your post-show period um, or post-show, yeah, your period, your, your reverse, whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it, how long into that should you be expecting it to come back? Well, that depends on how you reverse. And for I mean, my my approach with clients is not to slowly, slowly trickle food up to maintenance because that serves zero purpose because everything is purpose driven. Right. If your purpose post-show is to get healthy and then start being able to build muscle why waste time building slowly out of a deficit it's not it's that's not the purpose of a, of a of a recovery phase the purpose is to get healthy so we go up to maintenance okay well you're at maintenance food there to so allow your body to regain some kind of fullness some normality and within one to two weeks people usually feel like brand new again mm. okay so it depends on your coach's approach however once you i would say are at maintenance and you found some stability there um for me it's going to be different for every single person however a relative period of time is is maybe i don't know four eight ten twelve weeks something like that i would Mm -hmm. give it i would give it like one to three months of you being in like a, a calorie a good calorie place from a good maintenance point of view into a surplus training with a good amount of volume and adequate rest ensuring you're getting good sleep if all the other markers are in a good place you should be in a position where if something isn't happening You can probably raise a red flag and say, well, everything else is good. And that isn't happening for me. It's not something that I would expect for people to be waiting months and months and months and months and months to come back. Like your body actually regains normality and health very quickly. Like for me, I I finished prep, had my implant out. Within two weeks, I had my first cycle. And obviously, I was supported on on TRT from a femtest point of view, which we've already spoken about, which I think was a massive driver for that coming back it pushed it pushed my other hormones to regulate as soon as I took the synthetic hormones out however still if that is that is a because I put my body in a healthy environment so if you put your body in a healthy environment then in theory that should come back relatively quickly
0: yeah
1: and it doesn't mean you need to just Shut loads of food at you and get fat and get uncomfortable because if you're fat you're
0: healthy right well that's not really how it works no I'm no afraid. And so. and like we just talked about the other week if you are fat and you feel crap about yourself that also is going to drive your stress and upset and stress and cortisol has a very negative effect on the body male or female and then that's not going to be conducive to a good healthy state so all of these things add up and if you put on a lot of body fat you're probably going to want to diet at some point and then it just completely takes you back again to where you were and it puts you in that deficiency that caloric deficit
1: yeah 100 percent. and you speak about reds and that is essentially it isn't it if you're not giving your body the energy it's essentially how it works like if you're not giving your body the energy availability to be able to do the things that it needs to do as basic functions, it starts to choose the things in, in really simple terms to do as basic functions. If yes. you need your thyroid to work and you need to produce TSH for your thyroid, if you need to produce hormones for your cycle, like if you don't give your body enough stuff to be able to do the stuff it needs, it's going to be very choosy about the things. Now, when you get to a very low body fat percentage and you haven't got a lot of stuff going in and you got a lot yeah. going out, your body's going to be like, well, I'll chew, try and choose sleep over maybe creating my menstrual cycle because that at this moment in time feels like a little bit more of a priority. Yeah. And maybe being able to see and hear and function and maybe regenerate some new skin cells probably is a little bit more important than, I don't know, my menstrual cycle or producing some TSH for, for my thyroid to function correctly. Like that, that is that. As soon as yeah. you've got the energy back in, there is no reason why, in my opinion, within a matter of weeks that that these functions shouldn't start start coming back and you can do other things to help you know you can take supplementation to help with like vit- vitamin and mineral intake and things like that which can help essentially you just need to get into a, a good position and like Hannah said if you're not seeing some kind of results fairly quickly I would recommend even within the first two months to get your bloods done just to see yeah. where you are
0: yeah 100% um, and like we've said time and time again don't get your bloods done once get them done again periodically so you can compare and contrast um and that's what i have been doing with the gp and privately i've had multiple muddy checks and today i actually went and had my first appointment with the blood lab because they they had more uh more in their tests than medichecks did um and their follow-up service from what i understand is very involved so i'm looking forward to seeing what the results will be from that and i'm more than happy to share those on the podcast as well um so just yeah coming back to where we were then um so i was referred to the specialist so as a gynaecologist at brighton uh university hospital um in december 2021 and then lovely and quick july 2022 <laughs> long time um i was sent for an mri to check my pituitary gland um to see if there was any issues there um and there was nothing so they moved on to a dexa scan which is for bone density and as i mentioned earlier on like if you've not got um if your hormones aren't functioning as they should be that has an impact on your bone density um and you see that more actually in um dancers and gymnasts from a young age that never got their cycle so they never had the hormone injection and therefore they will have more brittle bones because they still got those kind of child tardish like bones and they'll suffer fractures um so from july until now i'm actually still waiting on my Dexa scan. so they're taking this really seriously <laughs> sounds like it gotta love that um and and at that point so in july I was also given an appointment for December um, for a 15 minute telephone appointment to discuss my results. So I'm still one year, eight months, no cycle, no bleed, no anything. Um, And essentially what that's known as, as people will probably have heard this thrown around, is secondary amenorrhea. Um, and that essentially, for those that don't know, just means that you have had um, you've had your cycle at one point and then for a period of three months or more, you have not had a cycle on a bleed. So that is what we hear that amenorrhea thrown around quite a lot. And essentially that is that's what that means. Um, and that can manifest in lots of different ways in different people. But as we have discussed on this podcast, it's like no libido. Um you have no ups and downs, you kind of just feel a bit meh all the time, um which if you say to a doctor they'll tell you you've got depression <laughs> um okay. I don't feel very womanly um I have openly talked about hair loss that I've suffered um some people will suffer with excess hair and headaches and lots of other things like that um so again, it's not the same in everyone everyone's experience experiences and symptoms will be different but yeah amenorrhea is essentially just a fact that you've not had a period for an extended time
1: yeah and it's important to cover that because i think a lot of people probably don't know what that means um Mm. or potentially are in that position themselves but don't necessarily realize that's what it is so obviously you can go and google what that is like I've got it open here on Google like it gives you a, a description straight away at the top talks about symptoms and 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 potentially what what that, things may be happening in your body if that is the case
0: yeah
1: but I guess then obviously that's I mean it's there's a lot of information there and obviously it's taken you a long time to get to this point even forgetting about the, the time you were on the pill even just now to understanding like mm. where you're at you've had a You've spoken to a lot of different people. Like it's worth knowing every time you spoke to the doctors, you spoke to somebody different who's just yeah. opened up your file and then just given you another piece of advice, which is also quite unhelpful. Yeah. And you now are in a position where you've taken it privately, you've got private bloods done, and you're in a position where today actually you've had your blood redone and you're going to be in a position in a week's time where you're going to have the results of that. And it's actually, I think, the first time you're going to have everything on one panel that says, this is your testosterone this is your this is your estrogen your progesterone this is this is where everything is in your body right at this moment in time which will probably be the first time out of all these tests and this whole journey where you've actually got a proper picture of where your body is and that's from doing it privately and you um with the blood labs and your coach are working out now what you're going to do next to one not just bring or attempt to bring your cycle back but all of the things that then go along with that so the feelings that you should get, the increased, yeah. you know, the increased amount of estrogen that should be going around your body, the benefits you should get from a recovery point of view, you know, even like from a muscle building point of view, everything that goes on with the fact that your your natural hormones should be where they should be and all of the side of positive side effects you'll get from that, hopefully will come into fruition um, and only time will tell. But you're obviously now on that journey of trying to fix that, going through your own kind of um not diagnosis but I guess route to fix
0: yeah yeah and I'm excited it I'm exciting. excited um especially like watching your face light up last week when we spoke and you were like oh, I just felt so much better I cannot wait to be able to say I feel better yeah so touching on that this is kind of how Pandora's box all came about because Mads and I had known each other for a long time um But when she spoke on her story about it, it stuck in my head, um, however long ago it was. And then I didn't really put two and two together until I started being coached by Ross and I told him my situation and he put a full plan together for me. And he was like, right, we'll get your bloods done. We'll do this and we'll do that. However, I think something we should consider is FemTest. So FemTest being a catalyst for the production of estrogen and progesterone in the body. So his key thing was, I don't want you on HRT because that is replacing what you don't have. I want something that's going to drive your body to do that again for itself. Yes. So when I saw Mad Story and it stuck in my head, I was like, I want to talk to her about this. Because it's not something that people talk about openly. And I think you changed the game, in my opinion, for for this. Um, and I am eternally grateful for you doing that, because then I can say to you, OK, so this is my situation. How did that feel for you? Like, were there any side effects that like you hear these horror stories? Were there any of that? OK, no, cool. So you're telling me that all that happened was you were in a, a healthy physiological range and it, Supported your natural hormonal function, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, that's that sounds good. I'll do that. <laughs> yeah, and 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 it's important to say like this is just a an idea. If my bloods come back and my test is magically in a great space, then we won't implement it because that's not necessarily going to be the solution. But it is something that I'm considering. I am researching. I'm trying to educate myself on. I'm talking to my peers. I'm asking Ross questions. It's it's important that you don't just go, oh, someone's doing this, so I'm going to do it. Or someone's told me to take something, so I'm going to take it. We're all responsible for what goes into our bodies. I think it's important and something obviously I've learned over this time is just because someone says you should take this doesn't mean I'm going to. I want to understand it myself. Yes. And
1: that that is a really important point. And we touched on this before about the whole don't try this at home thing just because you maybe haven't had a period in a while or whatever. like This isn't necessarily the answer. However, because there might be other reasons for that are you in a yeah. good place from you know a calorific intake you know where is your exercise at like where are these things at? there's lots of variables here and obviously as a coach we look at this as a full picture I've got an, an obviously not naming any names I've got one of my clients who again similar situation not had a bleed in a very 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 long time and um, had her bloods done around four weeks ago testosterone levels literally in the floor and I um we've we've had another I say a consultation call she's my client but we've spoken on on zoom and we've had another chat and and we've put a plan together and this is what we're going to implement with her because she's in a place as well where she feels constantly down constantly bad Mm -hmm. and she's been to the doctors and been been prescribed antidepressants and she takes them and that's fine because there might be other reasons for that however she's desperate to not do that and is in a position where she's like okay so this might make me feel a little bit better because my hormones are in the floor. I don't have a cycle and everything's in the floor. And actually I feel pretty rubbish all the time. Maybe I don't need antidepressants. Maybe I just need my hormones fixing. So we're going to, we're going to, well, this is what we're doing now. And, and obviously the hope is that that th- that's going to be the case. And I think what is also really important to understand here is that like myself, when I started implementing this, like myself and Corey last year, like we looked into this, nobody else told us to do this me and Corey looked into this together and I don't want to call myself like a little bit of an experiment however we are in bodybuildings we in bodybuilding we are experiments like we, are. we We do things then we take our bloods and we see what effect that's had and we see if that's a good thing or a bad thing and what your tolerance levels are to certain things men do it all the time and essentially that's what we've done here and this is fairly experimental to an extent because if you actually do some research and you know she came to me she said mad since I've since I've thought about this and I've been with you and all I've done is try to research it and there's really nothing out there yeah and there isn't like if you if you google it like does testosterone in women support your production of estrogen and progesterone well yes but well no you know when you reach menopause and your kind of ovarian function shut down then you see a drop in test okay does the Drop in ovarian function drop your test levels, or does the dropping test levels drop your ovarian function? Well, like what how are they interlinked? Well, actually, like what you're doing is trying to use tests as a catalyst for your yeah progesterone, right? Which essentially they they do work as antagonistic pairs. So, you know, one works with the other. And like for myself, I've had it implemented come come away from prep had my implant out straight away and well kelsa breeze like my cycle came back so i strongly believe that a lot of hormonal issues can be fixed with this but it is also this isn't me advocating it it's me saying that you know some people are in a position where there isn't a level of desperation as well like yourself and you've explored every option you've been with a doctor for two years trying to fix this there mm-hmm. is no answers and you're at a position where you're like okay well i'm prepared to try that on myself and see what the results are working with your coach, working with bloods and knowing that you're going to be doing something in a safe dose and it's controlled. And that is the key here that it's all monitored and controlled and there's a plan in place and bloods are going to be done. It's not just something that you just throw and hope it sticks. And and that's just a quick fix.
0: You know? Yeah. I think like, I know we've said this a hundred times now, but blood work is so important It gives you so much more than just like telling you what you already know. Like my bloods today, the blood test that I did was the advanced well with the blood lab and it cost me £150. And I also was speaking to uh, one of my friends earlier who said that she hasn't done her bloods because of the cost. And I just said to her, that is wild. Like you're... Uh, okay let's talk about 150 quid okay you go on a night out even if you're not drinking you're going for dinner maybe it's a fancy dinner you buy yourself a new dress um you have a dinner with your partner maybe you have a a bottle of wine that's more than 150 pound gone
1: easy that's that's
0: easy two two hours of your life whereas this 150 pounds is going to give me a better understanding of where I'm at since my last blood test. It's going to give me a guide to where I need to go to get healthy. Long term, it's going to help with my mental health, with my physical health. And um, when I'm looking back, when I'm like 70, if I make it there, I might be in a better state, like physically, than I would have been if I hadn't have done this and i understand that it's all an experiment like using femtest because it is new and not many people are doing it or correction not many people are talking about doing it i think actually more people are doing it than they're, they're willing to talk about um, agreed and i think that was made a little bit clearer to me today when i went to have my bloods done and um the lady that did my blood said that she sees a lot of women doing this so again let's just talk about it it's you're making it a taboo subject when it doesn't need to so yes it's an experiment but it's a guided experiment But like yes. you're monitoring it all the time I'm not just going to bang a bit of gear at me and turn into a man like it's not no it's not going to work it's like an, that
1: it's an edge it also needs to be understood that it's an educated guided experiment so it's not based on like oh this sounds cool let's try this it's a it's an educated one where we understand what these things do in the body so we understand what we're expecting and exactly the same that goes with any part of like my coaching it's like I know what I'm expecting off the back of implementing something so there is an expectation there because there is experience okay not specifically with you but in general we know what certain things do to the body when we put it in you know we're all human beings at the end of the day Mm -hmm. so there it's it's an educated experiment to say we know that we're probably going to drive this response because we see this in all these individuals. Therefore this is probably going to happen to you, Hannah. So then you can monitor that and go, Oh yes, it did. And that's great. And here's the data to prove it. And here's my blood. Yeah. And, and then you continue to monitor that and the positive effect. I think the the whole point of this and the whole point of this podcast is just coming big full circle and talking about the massive positive effects that that has, has had on me and therefore hopefully will have on you and your life and just, even if that gives you the opportunity to then say I have periods now I if I want to in four years time can have children because naturally my body can do that for me isn't that isn't that amazing forget just even the day-to-day way that'll it make you feel or the fact that I don't know you might be able to recover a little bit better because you you,
0: your hormones support your recovery I don't know yeah my CNS might thank me for that (laughs) (laughs) yeah your CNS might
1: thank you for that yeah but you just the, the positive effect that that will have just even mm. on your choices you're able to make in the future is huge
0: yeah um another thing just to, to add to that something happened this week um and it all kind of clicks in my head um i was at a work thing and someone made a joke about me being um a cold bitch and it was just a joke but every joke is comes from somewhere and i've been told for years by friends partners family i've been told so many times i'm cold and i'm cold-hearted um and actually again it all links up because i'm not cold i can be quite warm but if you don't feel any highs and lows if on paper you're depressed because that's kind of how it manifests then well you might come across as a little bit cold so if you are in a similar situation to me and you have issues with relationships whether they're family friends or partners it's all linked up like you can't expect to be emotionally invested and um like just feeling that that super high and that low low when you're just at this dull meh all the time yeah it makes you across as cold
1: yeah because it makes you feel like you say pretty numb to these things like what people some people get super elated about some people feel down about you're just like yeah well it's just a thing like yeah mm, like because emotions like imagine if people can put themselves in the scenario of like say the week before their period comes where their emotions are really high and something really small makes you cry like (laughs) that sounds Absolutely ridiculous, but you can't control that because your emotions are high, because your hormones are high or low or whatever—they're imbalanced. So that's like the other end of the spectrum. So it, of course, makes sense that at the bottom end of the spectrum, if your hormones aren't aren't flying all over the place, that you might just feel I don't really want to cry and I don't really want to laugh and I just feel like it's just information. (laughs) Fantastic.
0: Yeah. (laughs) The same. And you might be going, cool, that's really bloody sad." but you just don't you don't really trigger in that way um so yeah just like it's just funny how little things sort of play into it um and and I just kind of mentioned that because it might it just might resonate with someone but that is my story um as i say i had my bloods done today and the results will come through from the blood lab Um, around Monday or Tuesday something like that Um, and they offer like a full consultation call where I'll jump on and they'll explain everything to me and I'm more than happy to on an upcoming episode talk about what they look like Um, and maybe Mads and I will come on for a special in three or six months time and just talk about the before and after and I really really hope that for both of us our after is going to be something worth talking about
1: I think that would be incredible. I think definitely we need to share your bloods, even if it's we've got a, a, an episode about something else and we, we feature it for 10 minutes and say, there's a bit of an update for everyone. This is where yeah. you're at. We can maybe make a feature about it and maybe see what people want to hear. But, okay, so what are you doing? Okay, so these are your bloods So now now what? And, you know, you're going through with the plan. And then when you retest in the future and, and see, see what happens, I think it could be quite a nice story. Like I'm almost at, at the other end of that story now like I've I've got this isn't the end of my journey obviously but I've got my cycle and and these you know my process has kind of come full circle whereas for you you're almost just starting on the journey so I think people would love to hear I would love to hear and I think people would love to hear if you got your cycle back what that means for you and then how you're going to continue to monitor that and obviously look after that in future but I think people would love
0: to hear that love to hear that (laughs) I'll be Facetiming you. I'll oh, be but... Facetiming you with the tampon, like it's happened. <laughs> it's here. I do
1: hope so. I'm like, oh my god, it's here.
0: You're like, I'm I'm at a wedding. Can you please later, later?
1: I thought, <laughs> like, Hannah, are you are you in a work toilet there? Like, what yeah. are you doing?
0: <laughs> but like, I mean, we joke, but genuinely, I will be. You'll be so elated. I'll be over the moon to go from and that and when and when ross said to me i am confident that we can have some little wares running around maybe i won't ever have kids but i just want the option you know and and that made me feel so much better after going from being told you're never gonna really have children naturally um, and and if you do want them then it might be ivf Like you may be able to do it with IVF to my coach who has spent countless hours working with other coaches and working with specialists, reading studies like you do, Mads, reading these studies to try and educate yourself around these specifics so that they can make the most of the person they're working with yeah it was just like mad I was like no and he was like yeah I've done it before yeah
1: it's I I'm confident I'm confident as somebody who's done this myself and quite confident with the information out there and and with how all how this system works like how mm. how the hormonal system works in the in the body male and female like I'm pretty confident that you'll start doing this and I think very quickly um and and no one's flying green flags around here being like, oh, my God, yeah, this is definitely going to happen. This is going to happen. But, like, I think everybody around you is pretty confident from the information we all have that 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 will happen, which is exciting for you. And I think ends this podcast on a really positive note, actually, that you have a bit of a plan and things are being put in place. Step one happened today. And step two will probably start happening next week. And it should all start sort of rolling forward very quickly which is exciting for you
0: really it's mad exciting. to think that like a year ago just under a year ago I was told probably not going to happen for you and maybe by the time that year kind of fully rolls around I might be yeah I might be having my cycle back it's just mad it's mad and we
1: and it will be fixed by bodybuilders not GPs just <laughs> want to put that out there <laughs> that's <laughs> because educated. we're not general well yes, we are educated individuals who who do our best to get the best out of the human body and we understand and educate ourselves a lot. So credit where credit's due, I think people look at us in gyms like, Oh God, another bodybuilder screaming the head off. It's like we do actually know what we're doing over here.
0: Yeah. When you get called a PT and you're like, don't I Don't. But yeah. Do
1: not insult me. <laughs>
0: But yeah, so that is my story as always. If anyone has any questions, they want to share anything at all. My DMs are always open. Um Mads and I have, as we said at the beginning, have loved hearing everyone's stories and um it really, really means more than I can put into words that people appreciate what we're doing and they're thanking us for our honesty. And overall, I think Mads you'll probably agree with me, the take the takeaway from this has been like no one's ever talked about this before 100
1: 100 everyone who's messaged me has been like I have never heard that before wow how did yeah. I know that and yeah. also a lot of people by the way have taken action off the back of it so yes they've said my pill's gone in the bin I'm yeah. going to get the copper coil I'm doing this I'm doing that like a lot of the messages have been a story and then a message at the end to say this is what I'm doing about it which has been really cool, which I've really liked. And that doesn't mean everyone needs to stop the pill, but everyone needs to stop taking the
0: pill. <laughs> Literally, I bumped into one of our friends earlier in the gym. We were just doing a little bit of steps together. Um And she was like, oh, by the way, um, I'm coming off the pill and I booked in my appointment for my copper coil. And I was like, this is mad. This is mad that we're having this effect. And honest. Honestly, from the bottom of my heart, I cannot begin to tell you how much it means. Yeah.
1: It's amazing. And just continue to spread the word, please, and send people in our direction if they've got questions or just want to listen. Or they're just nosy about what we're doing. I don't really care. I think that people just need to hear it. And it makes me um it makes me super proud because it is something that people don't talk about. It is a bit of a nomad. And if you're a female, any female, but especially female in this industry, Who is on contraception? Like, you need to listen to this and then form your own opinion. I'm not saying you need to share mine and Hannah's opinion on what we're doing, but listen, get educated on what you're actually putting in your body, and then form your own opinion and make an educated decision around what you're doing instead of just doing what you're doing blindly, because it will affect you later on in life and probably is affecting you now massively, especially if you're a bodybuilder. So, that's that would be my takeaway is that just make an educated decision now now you've heard this information just make sure that it's informed i think
0: everything i agree with everything you just said so on that note thank you so much for listening to me waffle on mads appreciate it thank you for sharing with me like however long ago it was when you put it on your story, and thank you for um talking me through everything and answering all my questions now and 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 again for joining me on this podcast series because it's genuinely like blowing my mind.
1: No, it's um you're very welcome, and it's something that I really like to talk about as well. So I actually welcome the questions from you and everybody else. But yeah. I I'm glad that you felt comfortable enough now as well to share this because it's clear that it's helping a lot of people, and I think it being maybe like the third episode in is probably really quite a good point for us to have it because it is quite emotional and I think that showing people showing the love and support for us on this which we have like people have loved us just chatting and the support that is behind what we're doing is has probably like helped you be able to share it a little bit as well and talk about it because it is very emotionally difficult it is a bit heart-wrenching and it's been a long journey for you and I think now you've got some positivity come out the back of it like I'm super glad that you're sharing it and hopefully people are
0: positively receiving it i hope so i hope so um yeah so if anyone wants to talk to us you know where we are um mads what's your instagram handle
1: at mads.raw, if anybody wants to drop me a message
0: fantastic and mine <laughs> is at hannah Wears. if anyone wants to talk about anything if you just want us to listen hit us up thank you so much for listening and we'll see you in the next episode
1: thank you and goodbye <laughs>